and welcome to the Golfing Mind podcast, which looks at the game of golf in general, but the mental game of golf in particular. It's an area of fascination, and if you're a regular listener, you know most weeks I'll have some sort of reflection or insight into what I hope helps the average golfer play mental golf simply by adjusting the way they're thinking or their attitude, both on and off the course. And I had um, planned this week to uh, talk a little bit about um, pre-game stress. And I suddenly thought, you know, what I really wanted to talk about was the Open Championship, the 2022 Open Championship at uh, St. Andrew's Old Course. And it was also the 150th anniversary. And I, the reason I wanted to do a reflection on it is very selfish and so slightly uh, from, I, you, know, you can call it smug or self-aggrandizing, but uh, two weeks ago when I was doing the preview with Matt Barr from America, uh, he asked me who my two picks were and my two picks were Cameron Smith and Victor Hovland. And at one point they were in the two of the top three positions. And I thought I'd do two things. One is say why I chose them. But also I wanted to just talk a little bit about Cameron Smith's extraordinary putting on the final day. Uh, he shot a 64 off the tips um, at the Old Course St. Andrews. Now I know it doesn't play long compared to other uh, courses, but it's still a very, very challenging course to navigate, particularly the bunkers, which as we'll have seen just ended many a player's charge. So, first of all, why did I pick them both? Well, I thought that Cameron Smith uh, is just a phenomenal putter, but he's also sneaky long, and his irons are deadly accurate, and he just flies under the radar, but he won the TPC. Um, he has the calmest disposition of any player that I've seen on the tour. He never gets overly excited or overly stressed or overly upset. So I thought to myself, you know, if St. Andrews is sunny, then that's going to take the advantage away from the, uh, the super big hitters. Now, obviously, big hitters uh, will have an advantage more often than not. But because the average player will be able to get within a eight, nine, or a wedge of almost all the par fours, the par fives were going to be two shotters. And unless the weather turned into strong winds, heavy rain or some adverse weather conditions, I thought the course was going to really play up to those that have a great short game and are particularly the great putters. And of all the players in the tour, I think Cameron Smith is not only consistently a brilliant putter, um, but he can be quite streaky too. And when he gets a streak going, he is just amazing. Another reason I picked Cameron Smith, and which is slightly selfish, is because he's the only player I know who plays or who putts totally in accordance with the book I wrote, Silent Mind Putting. Now, in this book, Silent Mind Putting, I talked about some of the key um, factors that I believe we need to adopt to play 
to our fullest potential. And these include um, trusting your first read, never taking a practice putt, um, loving your putter, and having a, um, an attitude or a belief that you're going to make the putt and not that you're going to miss the putt. And curiously, when I heard um, some accounts of his putting, I realized he doesn't mark his golf ball, so there's no lines drawn on it. The second thing is he adores his putter. He had it specially made by Scotty Cameron, but it's reasonably new. He uh, never takes a practice swing, even on the long putts or the short putts. He just gets himself completely lined up. He focuses on the hole. Uh, once he's got the line, but he looks at the hole. I've always said that the target isn't the ball. The target is the destination. So from my perspective, Cameron Smith not only does all the things I've always believed are critical, but he endorses and believes in them. So it's not something he tries and thinks, I hope this works. I also know he puts in a lot of practice on the putting green, but it's through practice that you build your confidence. So that was why I was very keen on Cameron Smith. The reason I also chose Victor Hovland is a gut feeling. It was more instinct than uh, statistics. I've seen him play in a number of tournaments with absolute abandon. And it's almost, I use the expression that he almost surrenders himself to his brilliance. There's a lot of golfers um, I can name, and I probably shouldn't name them, um, because I wouldn't want to sort of embarrass them, but there's a number of players who've never won a major. And the reason I believe they've not won the major is because they've almost tried too hard. They've not surrendered to their brilliance. And I've played some golf with sort of world-class players, nine holes, just very casually nine holes. And their level of control of the ball is just off, off the scale. And yet you put them in a tournament and suddenly it all gets a bit tight. But Hovland, I rarely see him without a smile. Uh, he has a great confidence. He won very early on the tour. And I just felt he had within him the chance or the opportunity um, to produce something amazing, which he did. But it's interesting because Every player in the, in, in the Open Championship played three rounds they'd be happy with, but one round they wouldn't be happy with. And I wondered, is it easier to defend a, a lead or to chase a lead? I think that when you are leading a tournament, there is a danger that you're going to think to yourself, right, if I just don't make any mistakes and I just keep this lead, I'm going to make it to the line, I'm going to win. And there's a lot of logic to that. McElroy had a four shot lead and um, he then went out and shot two under par. He hit every fairway and every green in regulation. He two putted every green, but he didn't make a putt. And that in the final analysis was the difference. And I'm not uh, qualified to comment on his level of commitment. And I think he went out very much to win it by not losing it. I think Cameron Smith figured, I have to win this. I have to go out and win this. And uh, that's exactly what he did. And if you look at Cameron Smith, particularly on the 16th and 17th, particularly the 17th, I mean, that shot 
beside the road hole bunker that he had to putt up onto the green. That's so easy to putt that into the bunker. I mean, unbelievably easy, or to putt it over the green. So not only did he get it to within 12 feet, um, he treated that putt exactly the same as every other putt. Had he missed that putt, I think there would have been a playoff, no doubt about it. And he did his pre-shot routine. He went up, steadied himself, got himself absolutely still, and he rolled it in. And it really was just breathtakingly good. I can't tell you, my heart was in my mouth. And then coming up 18, his partner made eagle two. So suddenly he had to make birdie. His approach putt from off the green was had about 20 feet of break on it and he got it to about three feet a putt which you know of that length has been missed on that green in 1970 by Doug Sanders and yet he he rolled it in uh, which I thought was a, another great putt so that's why the, the Open Championship for me this year was so wonderful you saw some of the best golfers in the world coming down the stretch and uh, one gentleman Cameron Smith had one, a once-in-a-lifetime round, but to do it on the final round at the Open at St Andrews, quite remarkable. And I think he's an uncomplicated fellow. I think he is uh, probably quite introvert by nature. I think he's very self-contained. He's, um, you know, when you saw him interviewed afterwards, he's not an extrovert. And uh, I couldn't be happier that he won. I have one regret, is that having tipped him to win, I then didn't put a bet on him. So... Uh, you can accuse me of not putting my money where my mouth is, but I generally don't gamble. I uh, think the odds generally are stacked against you. Uh, as for Victor Hovland, I think the pressure got to him on the final day. I suddenly think he struggled a little bit. Um, he started going from being that carefree, easygoing fella to, to um, a little bit tense, a little bit tight, maybe a little bit trying too hard. But uh, an amazing event. So that was uh, my open reflection for this uh, this year. And uh, we now have eight months or seven months till the next major. So in the meantime, we'll have to find other things to, to busy ourselves with. Uh, we've had a heat wave here in London. It was 104 degrees Fahrenheit. So oh, it was brutal. And uh, I once played golf in 105 degrees Fahrenheit in Australia. And that was brutal too. So uh, unfortunately in Britain, very few homes, very few homes have air conditioning. So it's, uh, you have to sit there and just tough it out, as they say. Anyway, um, that's it for this week. And as I always say, if you're keen to learn more about uh, the inner game of golf or the, um, the mental game of golf and how you can not only learn about it, but uh, take some exercises and drills to help you develop a, a better and stronger mindset on and off the golf course, then please go to the website seeyourgolf.com where you can have your first lesson for free. And uh, if that whets your appetite, there's plenty more lessons, 13 lessons in total. So uh, until we uh, speak again, stay cool, uh, stay calm, enjoy your golf, and have a wonderful, wonderful week.